0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us, and hi for listening to us. Thank you for making the sports and the World Podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. And I hope all of you are well and safe out there, and how are you, my man? I'm good, counting down the days till vacation. Ah, uh, I hear you. I hear you. Speaking of vacation, you know, a lot of vacation, you know, for those listening to the episode, You know, you can't see where we are, but I'm actually sitting outside today, you know, because it's a nice day out here in in Florida for once. You know, for the last couple of days, it's been really rainy. So I'm sitting outside enjoying nature for once and embracing Florida nature for once. I promise I'm not.
1: (laughs) Today's high is a cool, calm and crisp. uh, Let's see here. let Let me look at the old thermometer here. Uh, so it's actually today's one of the warmer days. It's fifty. When I woke up this morning, it was twenty-two. Uh, so if that tells you what kind of
0: mood I'm in. Well, you sound you sound fantastic. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Puppies yeah, and unicorns. Yeah, and speaking of fantastic, a lot of a lot of great fan, a lot of fantastic action in college football, and a lot, a lot of great individual performances, but more important, a lot of great team performances. So we'll start with you Chris. Give us give me your thoughts on week 11 of the college football season.
1: So week 11 you had some uh, you know so the uh, the the tier two teams, the the minor league teams The the Marshals, the Cincinnati's, the the you know the UCF types, those guys uh, uh are are trying to make a a case and name for themselves. So they, you know, you had Marshall blow out the uh, Middle Tennessee, and I want to say they played on the anniversary of of that the uh, uh, plane that went down with their team on it. Uh, if, if memory serves me right, I might be off, off by a day or two, but it, I remember something was spoken about that. Yeah, uh, Cincinnati. Put, yeah, uh, Cincinnati put a, a a beat down on Eastern Carolina. Uh, Um, and, and, you know, try to prove their case and why they, they honestly even belong in the top 10, in my personal opinion, uh, Miami barely squeaked by on a Virginia Tech. Uh, you know, so that one, Hey, you know how I feel about Miami to begin with, um, somehow they're still ranked higher than they should, I think. Um, but it's safe to say that the U isn't back, uh. Uh, Indiana uh, wiped the tables with Michigan State is 24-0. Uh, you know, sliding through the Pac-12, uh, USC and Arizona. So I actually watched a little bit of that game, not too terribly much of it. That was an almost interesting one to watch. Uh, and then Oregon put a hurtin' on, on uh, Washington State, to uh, 29 Some of the more notable ones, of course, Notre Dame. You know, all eyes were on them playing the the oh so tough Boston College. Uh, um, They hung with them for a little bit, and I I think uh, Notre Dame just kind of overpowered and and did their thing. Ian Book went twenty for twenty seven, two hundred eighty three yards, three touchdowns. uh, You know, and magically he didn't turn the ball over, and then he also ran one in for a uh, for a score as well. uh, Tulsa and SMU had quite the shootout on Saturday. Tulsa ended up coming up victorious on that 28, 24. Um, so that puts the SMU Mustangs down the seven and two, and then the, uh, golden hurricanes also who beat UCF. Uh, I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, not going to let that one get forgotten about, uh, the golden hurricanes, uh, squeaked by on that one. Uh, their quarterback, Zach Smith, he went 26, 38, 325 yards. Uh, uh, three TDs, one interception. Um, you know, so he he had a pretty fair game. Uh, Wisconsin, you know, I'm I'm gonna beat up on Michigan for a minute. I know this is normally something that you do, um, <laughs> but I, I'm I'm gonna play hardball on Michigan. I'm gonna play hardball on Harborough. Uh, I'm gonna do a play with words too, and um, I think he needs to go. I I think he there there's almost I don't want to say irreversible damage because there's no such thing as irreversible damage in a, in a college of, of prestige like Michigan. But I think think it's safe to say that the, the damage that's being done by Harborough is going to be hard turned. Um, They're losing. They're not going to get the recruits that they should. Um, And number one, I think we've, we've discussed it on multiple occasions. He's just not a college coach. You need to be nurturing And 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 you need to be out not only coaching the team, but developing them as players and people and adults and then get out there on the recruiting trail. That's just that's just not who Harborough is. He's more suited for the NFL. Um, Throwing a dart at the wall. And I'm going to laugh if if this comes right. Michigan fires Harborough. The Jets hire him. Hmm. Now, hear me out on this one. I think it's safe to say that we all know Adam Gase is going to be unemployed after this season. If we if we literally don't win a game this season, I think Adam Gase. is safe to say that he's going to go. I I, I think that will be a unanimous buffer decision. Um, Jim Harborough has a proven track record in the NFL. When he was on the 49 um he he played. He had a, uh, a he had a mediocre team that turned into a good team. And he was able to coach them because he didn't have to do player development. He didn't have to babysit. And, and uh, with with that being said, I think that uh, you, you'll see him scoop back into the NFL. The Jets are going to be one of the first teams that are going to immediately need a coach after Black Monday. I see him sliding through it. But circling back to college, uh, you know, it was it was just a rough game to watch. They didn't put – any points on the boys, 28-0 at halftime. Um you know, and, and then it just progressively got worse. I mean, just just Wisconsin uh just they they did not take their foot off the gas pedal at at all. Well I mean it was just non-stop, just just a full frontal assault all the way around. Um offense, defense, special teams everywhere they played. They played with precision, and it shows why Michigan's one and three right now. Um, I don't expect their season to get any better. If you look at the rest of the games they have, uh, they uh, they have Rutgers, so maybe they'll get their second win. I fully see them losing the Penn State Thanksgiving weekend. They've got Maryland the weekend the, the, on the fifth of December. Honestly, I don't see them winning that game, and then they round the season out. Playing Ohio State, and well, I think we we all know uh, how that's going to turn out. So I think okay. Michigan might only be a t- t- two win team this season. They've just completely to shreds, and uh, I, I honestly see him uh, filling out resumes uh, after the, this college season is over. I think Michigan parts ways with him. On the flip side of it, though, uh, going to the SEC, you know, how about those Gators? Um, this. <laughs> This was an interesting game, number one. So this is Felipe Frank's first visit to the Swamp uh, post-injury. Of course, he he, he broke his ankle, was carted off the field, and that was the last we saw of him. And Kyle Trask arises from the ashes of, oh, my God, our, our starting quarterback's gone, who we didn't necessarily have a lot of promise in Felipe Franks. We had hope. But we just didn't know where and what to do with him. Now, uh McIlwain did a great job recruiting him. I'll give him that. Uh, he lured him in. He just couldn't develop him as a player. And I and and uh, Dan Mullen is I mean, he's if he's not the quarterback whisperer, I don't know who or what is at this point in, in life. And he he there was noticeable improvement with Felipe Frank's with Dan Mullen under the helm. Unfortunately, his time was cut short due to a very, very severe injury that, thankfully, he did recover from. Um, so, a, a, I was happy to see him come back and play in the swamp. Um, B, of course, it's always nice and it's a sweet victory. Um, Florida really just they, they they showed more promise on defense. And people will say, "Oh, well, you know, it is Arkansas," blah blah blah. You know, and 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 they come up with the with the excuses. But if you look at a lot of these games that Arkansas has played, you know, a lot of these, you know, I think there's a couple games. I, I'll wholeheartedly say that they got screwed out of the Auburn game. I'll, I will come out and say that out loud and not have a, 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 a blank about it. You know, they beat a Mississippi State that completely shut LSU down. Uh, they beat an Old Miss who Old Miss has been putting a lot of points on the board. Um, and then of course you know they did lose to Texas A&M I'm definitely not going to discredit their program and then they they did you know squeak a victory on Tennessee now is arkansas the the next national champions no but they have been playing significantly better and i think for florida it's starting to test our defense out and you know with one of the biggest fears and i, I was talking with a buddy about this and i even think you and i talked about it when we we're going back and forth in the game the one element that felipe franks has over anything that i will never deny that man is arm strength he proved it in that last second hail mary in the tennessee game that when he chucked a 70 yard pass for a touchdown the man can fire downfield as accurate as a 155 howitzer cannon and and drop artillery shells like nothing nothing and but instead they're footballs and I was very scared watching this game, knowing that Felipe Franks has that power and knowing that defense, our issue is our secondary. It's that midfield issue where it's like our corners and safeties forgot how to play, and we blow those big plays, which is one of the biggest reasons why we lost in M is we gave up too many big plays at the end. Um, circling back to, to Arkansas here, I was happy to see that our defense shut that 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 high level pass game down that Franks had. And also our, our defense was really stepping up and actually putting pressure on 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 Franks. I think I saw Franks get hit or touched more times this game than in the past two or three games combined with, with our defensive line pressure. Uh, our ends were pinching. Our, our linebackers were getting in and making it. I mean, granted, you know what? We did give up, up some yardage on the ground. Uh, uh, I think Traylon Smith just by himself had like 118 yards. Um, so there's definitely still room for improvement. But it was, it was a, such a great game to watch. Um, now, on the other side of the ball, on offense with Florida, if, if you, in, in your right mind right now, think that anybody else deserves, the Heisman besides Kyle Trask, A, you are as high as a giraffe's ass, and B, you need to lay off the drugs. This man went 23 for 29, 356 yards, and six touchdown passes. This is what, game five in a row that he's, or game six in a row that he's thrown more than four TDs a game? I mean, how how much more this, he have to do you know i mean it's just he he is a phenomenal player and they 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 even said it on on the broadcast that he's a cerebral quarterback and those are and it's you know like those are things that you and i have said so many time you know time over is that you know being quarterbacks more than just having the ability to throw it 80 yards downfield you got to be able to know how to read defenses see what's going on and kyle trask more and more He's getting a little bit more brave on the runs. Um, You know, he, he's he's making more and more moves. And, I mean, he definitely put on a clinical. Uh, we, we also got to see Emery Jones do his thing. He, A, you know, he went for air on a touchdown, and then, B, he ran one in. Um, So I, I was happy to see him get a little bit more uh, active in this. And we finally got a little peek of Anthony Richardson – you know our, our our freshman quarterback. I do feel bad for him. His first pass attempt was picked off. Uh, that hurts. That that yeah. You know, that has to sting just a tiddly bit. But nonetheless, um, I think there's always room for improvement, and he'll grow into that, and he'll he'll forget that. Um, and the one player that I, I want to say everyone needs to keep an eye out for Naquan Wright. That man is getting more and more touched, him and he is becoming more and more dangerous. Uh, as, as the season progresses, he is just continuously showing, showing that he has the strength, the power, and 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 just the ability to cut. I mean, I was I, just watching him play was just phenomenal. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun with him in in, in the in the years coming. But you know, hats off to Florida. Uh, I think that was a very very decisive win um and definitely pleads our case you know we kind of got a gimme game uh you know coming up this weekend with Vanderbilt uh you know and then we wrap up with uh uh Kentucky Tennessee and LSU um i i think nonetheless i think this is just going to be some great time for football and uh, uh i i definitely you know we all we got to do is is just kind of stay the course we're at right now we'll we'll, we'll go play alabama and in all honesty, if we can just improve on de- defense ever so slightly, I think Alabama mm-hmm. might be in a for a rude awakening. But but uh, that's that's kind of my small circle on uh, on college ball.
0: Well, yeah, you, you know, Chris, I, I want to stay right there with the the Arkansas Arkansas uh, Gators game. One of the things that we do talk about the quarterback position. Like I said, as everyone knows, I love the quarterback position. I think you know that. America knows that some people in you know we have people in Europe that live. I think all around the world they know I love quarterbacks. And what I love about Kyle Trask, Chris, is his is like I say the neck up, and his his neck up and his and and you his feet work, Chris, is phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. If you see him drop back, if you see him drop back, Chris, and you see how just see his feet work, just see his structure when he throws the ball. He's not. It's no sidel. Sign- it's just, it looks easy. And that goes with Dan Mullen. Developing quarterbacks, and I've said this many times, but this is the same guy who developed some guy named Dak Prescott at Mississippi State.
1: He know, had really good footwork until his ankle turned inside out.
0: Yeah. And, you know, which, is a, which was unfortunate. But you see, you see I'm not going to say you see a lot of parallels there. But you see the importance of Dan Mullen understanding the quarterback position, understanding strengths of a quarterback, and one of the things Kyle Trask is great at. He he can he's very accurate. He has great feet work, and and more importantly, Chris, he's just very smart. I said we got to understand, Chris. There was no Kyle Pitts in this football game, and we're thinking how are the Florida Gators going to play without argu- arguably the best tight end in the country? We saw they put up a six spot, and this is this is what I like, Chris, because you mentioned Kyle Trask and his six touchdowns. Trask is the. I'll do a little uh, Florida Gator trivia with you, Chris. I know you're, I know you're known in some circles as Mr. Gator from what I, from what, <laughs> what I've read. <said. laughs> All you are missing is the suit and the tie, the orange that suit and the Gator tie. Yeah, <laughs> we, we don't. I want to copyright infringe on Mr. Two Bits. We'll just say Mr. Gator for legal reasons, but. But I'm going to give you a little uh, a trivia question. Now, Kyle Trask was the fourth quarterback since 2000, with at least with five or more touchdown passes in a game. Can you name the other three quarterbacks? Uh,
1: since 2000?
0: Well, can you name two, two of the three? Yeah. I'll give you two. If you get all three, you, you get a cookie. Um. So,
1: so since two thousand, let's see here. Uh oh boy, let me uh so I, I think yeah, I know, right? Uh I'm gonna say probably first and foremost, uh Tim Tebow. Is that
0: is that one? Nope. Really? I thought uh... I thought so. Nope, not when I did the research. Nope. But All you're right, so in the threw... right neighbor. You're in the right neighborhood, though.
1: All right. So, uh, Chris Leak.
0: Yep, he had one such game. Yep, that's one.
1: Okay. Now, part of me I want to say Jesse Palmer, but did did he he play in 2000?
0: Oh man. He ran right about that time. He did, but I can remember, he was. It was the battle. I think it was him and I want to say Doug Johnson. I think, I think they're like the dual quarterbacks under, like don't or like I. So I
1: gotta get two more, right?
0: Yeah, or one of two. If you can get both, like I said, you get a nice cookie.
1: I'm gonna say Rex Grossman because I remember he had a, a Heisman runner-up season. And and I yep, want to say he also was Player of the Year uh, uh, for the AP.
0: Yep, he had three such games in his career.
1: All right, so that leaves me one more. So I'm gonna go on a real uh, a real limb. Mm-hmm. I almost want to say Will Greer.
0: Because I don't. Well, oh, man.
1: See this, mm, this last one.
0: Because I, I yeah. know. You want me to give you the answer?
1: Yeah, you know, give me the third one.
0: It's the guy you saw play uh, at Arkansas, Felipe Franks. Really? Yep. Okay. Okay. All right. Not not well, bad. Like I say, I, I not bad. All right. I I really thought I knew, cause when I saw it, I, I really thought I thought Tim Tebow was gonna be on that list, but I remember there was a time where Tim Tebow really wasn't. He scored a lot of touchdowns, but he, he was running them. He wasn't necessarily slinging it. Yeah, he wasn't necessarily slinging. That's not a, a knock on Tebow, but he wasn't exactly slinging. He maybe had four games with four touchdowns, but never five. So. And so Chris gets half a cookie. I think that's fair. We'll give him half a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> and so so back to the – and and what I, I liked also, Chris, was the run attack. I really liked the way – Dan Mullen said that the one thing he wanted to see, he wanted to pound the football. And, and the last, you know, last year, there's only two games, you know, even for 200 yards rushing – his first year, there was nine. And it's the first game this season with 200 rush yards in a game. And I think, Chris, it's very hard to find flaws in this offense. Like, defensively, there are things to fix. We, You and I both know that, especially in the third level. But, but Chris, when you have a great offense, especially in college, and if your defense is kind of – if your defense is a – if they're somewhere there, Chris, if they're great, we're talking potential national championship. Because I think the days of the '85, you know, great defenses, Chris. I'm not saying they're gone by the wayside, but it's a lot. There's too much offense on there. Yeah, there's too, there's too much offense, and so, so that those are my thoughts on that game. And I want to circle back to Michigan because. I wasn't gonna let you have all the fun with Michigan, so I just I'm not gonna let you have all the fun, Chris. If
1: if if I if I can circle back before we jump on to Michigan, um, sure. uh, Going back to the the running attack, you know, we develop a run game. It's only gonna make things worse for any defense that we play and Mm -hmm. better for Kyle Trask because. He has such a beautiful play action that I saw so many times that defenders were biting on it and going after, uh, you know, the runner. And and, and of course, the runners plug in that hole, which would allow Trask just to, you know, uh, just unload downfield. And especially when you got these guys like um, uh, Trayvon Grimes and, and Shorter, um, you know, I mean, it was just just all around, I mean, he was slinging the ball so far around. Uh, you know, the other one that really kind of came out of a shell this game, I, I think, more than anybody, two people actually, was uh, Xavier Henderson and uh, Keon Zipper. Um, you know, both of those guys, you really haven't seen much from them all season because essentially the show has been Kyle Pitts. Trayvon Grimes and Kadarius Tony, you know uh, Tony was awfully quiet this game for the most part because he was just so heavily guarded. Which we're leaving like one of the a couple of the plays to Henderson and Zipper, they were just wide ass open. Um, So if if we can get this run game consistent like it was against Arkansas, I I I think the teams that we play against are going to be in for a very long night. But now we can go pick on Michigan.
0: Nope. And uh, and speaking of, I don't know how to start with Michigan, Chris. I think I agree with everything that you said about Michigan, but I have one different caveat to that. I don't see Harbaugh at the Jets simply because how, and there's no disrespect to the Jets organization, but how attractive is that job? The only thing that makes it attractive (laughs) is, and and look, I I simply put it like this: the outside of potential, outside of potentially getting Trevor Lawrence, Chris. You know what's the upside of this job? And I think that, and I'm going to throw a curveball. And I've been wanting to talk about the last two weeks, but I wanted to give this team time to kind of percolate, like you know, like coffee. But they just haven't been brewing at all. Chris, I could potentially see I could see Michigan moving on from Harbaugh. And what if I said that I can see Jim Harbaugh as the next head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers? Ooh. If, if the Chargers keep... And listen, I love Anthony okay. Lynn. I, re- I love Anthony Lynn. But Chris, this is the same reason why Dan Quinn got fired, is that you can't... Well, you have to win close games. And look at how many times they've had the lead and blew it this season alone, Chris. We're not talking like five-point. Chris, we're talking double-digit leads. And I said, you know, Marion Rivera didn't have that many blown saves in his entire 20-year career. And so my problem, Chris, is, is that I, I can see how the Jets, I can, listen, the Jets I didn't mean to, you know, I might have got a whole Team argue, you know, a whole team Pissed at me, but it wouldn't be the first time Yeah, you, to Cleveland you know, worst in the
1: world Happened,
0: ask the Cleveland Browns But But to go back to Michigan Chris, I think it's time to move on Because here's why, listen, this is what Wisconsin did, their quarterback, Graham Mertz All he did, Chris, all he had was 127 Yards passing and two touchdown passes He went 12 of 22 That's not the story, Chris Wisconsin had 341 rushing yards. 341. Wisconsin has always known to run the ball. Ron Dane, Melvin Gordon. So they run the ball, Chris, very, very well, that program. But like this, Chris, in the big house, in in Michigan, I guarantee you, Chris, it angered a lot of boosters, angered a lot of fans. And I think if you're the A.D. right now, Chris, the question becomes, should you be working on a buyout deal? Because at this point, I don't see him turning around again, because, Chris, are you familiar with what linear progression is, Chris?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So well, when you that, look- that's something that Harper is having a really hard time with.
0: It's more like linear digression, you know, yeah. for him. Oh, linear regression, I should say. Chris, my problem is, is that these are his players. This is year six, Chris. Like, I could get, like, I'll give you an example. As bad as Penn State is this year, I can give James Franklin a pass, Chris, because he has a Big Ten chance. Chris, I could give him a pass. You, 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 I can give, you know, I, I can give him a pass. But this is year six. And I get where the pandemic, Chris, but you're Michigan, and you have got teams like Indiana that are better than you. Maryland's better than you. Rutgers is better than you. If the, the reality, Chris, is that listen, in out of the Big Ten, I think you know, I got this at the bottom. Yeah, they're eleventh in total defense, ninth in total offense. That's not Michigan, Chris. It's about standards. You always heard me say, Chris, what are your expectations? This is not it. And if you're a Michigan fan right now, one in three in year six, Chris, if this was year two, Chris, fine. But this is year six. And at some point, Chris, the fan base needs to under. the fan base is tired. I posted up. A, uh, I did a Twitter poll, Chris the poll was over 70% to say that listen his job is on the hot seat but you know if it ran from 7 to 10 chris he, he, he's going to be gone by the end of the season the only way you salvage this season chris is if you somehow some way win uh, you know win your next couple of games chris and you beat ohio state but that's not just going to happen because if that happens chris you're going to see lollipops come from the sky you're going to see pigs flying you're going you're going to see you're gonna see me in biker shorts in the Tour de France before you ever see Michigan beat Ohio State. Basically, Oof. hint hit, it ain't gonna happen. As tidy as the biker shorts are, it ain't happening. It's not happening. And well, uh... speaking of things that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but Alrighty, then. I do already well he I think he pictured it folks. I think Chris, I think you pictured it maybe a little too long. I don't know. You be the judge, America. But you be the judge. But I do want to talk about one more game. And I want to talk about Liberty. We don't talk about Liberty. We, you know, I we don't talk about Liberty. But I want to talk about, listen, they blew the doors off of Western Carolina. That's not the story. Malik Willis, the quarterback. 14 and 19, 306 yards, three touchdowns. He had 11, 11, eight carries, 97 yards, two touchdowns. You know, Liberty had 633 yards of total offense. And Chris, I think when I think of Liberty, you know, Liberty's 22nd in the country. I think it's fair because of scheduling. And you mentioned Cincinnati, and you mentioned, you know, you mentioned Cincinnati. I want to stay on that because I do believe, Chris, that I'm not going to say they should be ranked higher, but. What I always say, and I'll stick by it, who you play matters. And, and you know, this year, obviously, you couldn't travel to play, you know, you know, power five schools, you know, within a reasonable distance. But so you have to do what I always said with the, the old BCS system, because you know why Miami was always ranked that high, Chris? Because they blew the doors off the people who they're supposed to blow the doors off of. We're not talking about like 10 some games Chris would be 30 points you gotta blow the doors off of people I remember Boise State was a great example of when they had their schedule and they blew the doors off of people Chris because that they knew their schedule and their conference outside of them just wasn't great they understood it wasn't their fault the conference wasn't great it was just listen the teams just weren't great so I do believe like a Cincinnati blow the doors off you got to in order to convince the committee right now, Chris, where you're looking at Alabama, you're looking at Ohio State, you're looking at Notre Dame. And for the fourth, who do you put there? Like who do you put who do you put right there?
1: Right now at number four. Florida. At number right now, four, hundred percent Florida.
0: and, and that uh... and... go ahead.
1: So, so here, here's my theory on it. So naturally, like you know how I feel with Clemson and and all that. So I definitely feel like they should be in, in there, yes, they did lose one game to Notre Dame. Um, but I think Notre Dame's the same situation, yeah, I mean they I just i i'm I'm biased against Notre Dame. i'll I'll come out and say that, but I think you have an Alabama program who's second to none. Uh, I, I personally for me, Ohio State's played nobody of relevance at all this season. Nobody, and they just they they have their cupcake schedule, and then they, they I I would almost be okay with not. I would be actually. I would be okay with not have, having a a Big Ten team in the playoffs because of of, of lack of relevance. If you go and you beat, you what, know.
0: No, I, I didn't mean to cut you. Off. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I I want to insert. I'm not defending the Big Ten. But like I said earlier, Chris, when you're great, and every, I'll put a, uh, how can I put this in another context? When you're in a group project, you could you could be the guy doing everything, or the guy that know, he or she who knows what they're doing, Chris, but if one person or a couple of people in your group slacks, then it kind of drags, we go back to that linear regression concept. To me, Chris, the Big 10 is not as bad as people make it out to be. Because when you look at when you look at the Big 10, listen, you got Ohio State. But listen, I think Ohio State benefits if they beat it Indiana. If they beat because Chris, the reality is we have to factor in two things. A, obviously COVID. That's number 1. Number 2, you can con- you have no control on how good or bad your conference is. The SEC, listen, the SEC happens to be very top-heavy. You know, very top-heavy in terms of talent. So, when we, let's just say, when Alabama plays, uh, let's just say, a Texas AM, and the game has meaning because they're two top-ten teams in the country. Now, in the case of Ohio State, Listen, they could be better than literally, and they're going to be favored in every single game the rest of the way. I think you and I can both agree on that. Absolutely. So I get where you're saying. I think, Chris, your argument could be made for a team like Cincinnati. Because when you look at Cincinnati's schedule, and I'm not knocking it, who on there would you consider to be a quality win? Because that's what the committee is looking for. They look for quality wins. And even if your loss was of great quality, that's why you could argue Clemson is still there because they lost on the road with a freshman quarterback in double overtime. They didn't they didn't get the doors blown off of them. They were very competitive. That's a quality loss in, their, in the ACC. And the ACC got better because Notre Dame's in it. So my whole point, Chris, is that I get I get your point about Ohio State, but the reality is, I'm like you. I, I may not be the biggest fan of Ohio State, but what I also will defend is that you can't always defend what you can't control. It's essentially, I, yeah. if, if if Ohio State had the pickings, Chris, I'm almost certain they would want to play in Alabama. They would want to play a team. I'm not saying how the logistics is. We're you know I'm not an AD. But I'm sure at a neutral site it could work. But I always say that you can't defend what you can't control, and I'll mention that a little bit later in our next segment when it comes to a particular game. But uh, go back to your point, Chris. No, I think uh, about uh, Ohio State.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, they they really haven't played anybody of relevance, and and if we want to talk about strength of schedule and all this other hypocrisy that they they preach on this committee then they need to follow it and if that means you got you know two sec teams uh a, a notre dame and a, and a clemson you know and essentially it's an acc versus sec i i, I would be okay with that i know that's not going to happen i have a feeling that probably uh you know clemson will be the one getting the door shut on them because of notre Dame winning. Ohio seat or excuse me, Ohio State will just get their seat regardless. They can literally not play all season and somehow be ranked uh, a, a a top team for for no good reason. Um, I think a lot of it. I think honestly, the the national title goes through the SEC championship. I I, I really that way because if excuse me, if Florida beats Alabama, how do you argue that? How do do you not put them? How do you not keep Alabama in because they're number one? You know, that's happened a couple times where people – I I remember a few years ago that uh, Ohio State lost the Big Ten title game but still went in and played for the national championship, you know, for the playoffs. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess what's good for the Goose is good for the Gander. But if I had my option – I would like to see, and I think a far better would be a Clemson, uh, uh, Notre Dame, Florida, Alabama. Not that Notre Dame belongs in there because every time they go to a bowl game, we know how that ends. But I would just like to see it just for just for satisfactory purposes. But you know, that's just that's just me being facetious.
0: Yeah, you facetious. I, I never that to me. Never, <laughs> never. But before before we wrap up and go to the NFL. I'll just I'll just simply say this: There's going to be a potentially interesting situation, Chris. If Alabama, let's just say, let's just assume they go into the SEC title game undefeated. I I think when we look at their schedule, Chris, I think you and I can agree that we don't really see them losing anytime soon. So we're in a situation, Chris, where if Alabama goes in. Undefeated versus a. We'll, once again, we'll assume Florida stays on track with the schedule you mentioned. I don't see any potential losses there between and a one-loss Florida team. So let's just say, let's just roll. You know the old magic. You know they just shake the the dice here, or the eight ball. And what if Florida beats Alabama, Chris? So now, if you're the committee, you have a one-loss Alabama team who's only lost is to the SEC champion. Florida Florida will obviously get in. So, but here's another here's another caveat, Chris. What about the Pac Do you, could you potentially see a team like Oregon no being a factor? No. Boy.
1: Look what happened the last time they that they, they they stepped in. The, the Pac-12 just isn't they're just not good.
0: I Yeah, yeah. they're not.
1: Yeah, yeah. If Yeah. If they knock out an SEC team, so Alabama sitting at number one, and I remember this a few years ago. Like I said, Ohio State was sitting at the top of the mountain. They lost their Big Ten title game and still managed to, to stay in, in the playoffs, mm-hmm. if memory serves me right. And right. if it can work for the Big Ten, I think it can work for the SEC considering the SEC is definitely a significantly higher caliber conference. And I, 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 we can argue it, and I'll just quote statistics, and, well, statistics prove everything. So we're just going to leave it at that before uh, the, some of the some of the Big Ten crybabies get on here and, and call the claim a bias. I'm just speaking on statistics of SEC versus Big Ten teams. We're, we're well ahead. Um, but even if if you know Florida hypothetically beats Alabama for the SEC title game, that you know so you have a number five team beating a number one team, so you have what a three a, a three and a four you know going in together versus and a and a one and a two. I I think that would be more than fair uh, to be honest with you. Um, you know, but I know the committee has a slight bias against the SEC, so we'll only time will tell.
0: So yeah. So, like I said, and that was my point. If you, you would have to, you would have to put in a one-loss Alabama team if they lose their conference championship. If you did it with Ohio State, because that would be something called hypocrisy. Yeah. But if so, but anyway, speaking of hypocrisy, let's go to the NFL. Smooth transitions as always. What we, what we saw, Chris. I think, and like I said, we're well beyond the midway point. There were a lot. There was, you know, obviously there was one. There was a lot of great. Games, Chris, but I think we we saw a lot of teams, and one team in particular that I said from the very beginning were frauds, and they got proven that on a national stage. Let's just say it rhymes with the the Largo Cares. Let's just, we'll just—if you're great at rhymes, you know what team I'm talking about. I, 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 I said it in the beginning of the season. I said this is no more than a seven and nine team. And I oh, no, we're going to the Super Bowl. Like, you do realize that you're still the Bears. And you, you, Nick Foles, he may have won a Super Bowl, but long-term starter may not be it. But I'll save that rant when we get there. But, Chris, give us your thoughts on week 10 of the National Football League.
1: Uh, You know what? It was a great week. The Jets didn't lose. We were on bye week. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, we definitely saw <laughs> they
0: lose the overtime. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They,
1: they, they, they lost to the, uh, the, the parking garage. Um, definitely saw some acts of thievery. Uh, there was definitely some games stolen from, uh, from some folks, uh, Chicago bears specifically. Um, you know, some of the earlier games, uh, you know, the, the Thursday night game with the Colts and the Titans, um, you know, the Colts just wanted that game. That, that is a team. They're, they're playing with some, some fire under their ass. And they're just, they're not caring on, on what goes on, what goes down. Um, you know, Phillip Rivers, he threw for 308 yards and a touchdown, but no turnovers. That's, that's a, that's a good day for, uh, for, for daddy, uh, daddy Richards there, for daddy Rivers. Uh, <sighs> You know, the one game that kind of intrigued me was the the Cleveland and Houston game. I really thought this is going to be a game that Houston could could do something with. Well, we saw how that worked out. <laughs> um, that was a pretty uh, a pretty lame duck game. You know, Cleveland put a, a field goal up in the first quarter, and it went scoreless until the end. Uh, both teams put up a touchdown in the fourth quarter. I I I I, I you know. Cleveland just they're, they're one of those teams I just I stare at and I'm like I, I don't understand you I don't I don't comprehend you I can't wrap my head around you but here we are um you know uh the Washington and Detroit game i same thing I caught a little bit of that you know Alex Smith threw, threw for 390 yards um the number one the comeback story of Alex Smith I just I I can't speak enough of that um it, it's just it's it's amazing in itself and you know the man just he, he's just got to get used to his bearings his surroundings i definitely see him being a, a an answer to uh, to to washington but same thing you know detroit was just hungry that game and they uh, you know they they came out you know washington made a 17 point you know comeback in the uh, in the fourth quarter but you know detroit put those last six up and you know unfortunately that's what matters at the end of the day is that, that final score Um, but you know, hats off to Washington for at least giving them a good old college try. Um, Tampa Bay, uh, Tom Brady took some anger out (laughs) on Carolina. Uh, he, he, he did some damage to that organization. Um, of course the Panthers are so beat up right now. I mean, Bridgewater's hurt, uh, uh, you know, Chris McCaffrey's still out. Uh, you know, Robbie Anderson had an absolutely terrible game. He had 21 receiving yards on four receptions. Mike Davis only had seven carries for 32, and he only had four receptions for 12. So, I mean, Tampa just shut Carolina down for the most part. Um, curious to see how they're going to bounce back this week. Um, but for the most part, it was it was the Tom Brady show. And when he gets like a like a miserable, embarrassing loss. He comes back and he he gets nasty with people, and uh, I, I think we saw that today. Somehow the Jaguars almost beat Green Bay. I'm I'm I I don't know. I, I question this, and I just kind of st- number one how a one and eight Jacksonville team could even get as close to a seven and two Green Bay team as they did in, in by four points, but i i i was same thing i i caught a couple glimpses of the game i didn't catch like a whole deal but um i was just shocked that 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 game was even that close green bay's defense definitely needs to uh to tighten up on that Um, uh, you know the shootout between the eagles and giants typical rivalry game um you know the giants are three and seven the phillies three five and one uh you know, Carson Wentz, he, you know, he didn't turn the ball over. Uh, you know, he didn't throw any picks, which is a, a good thing for in, in him. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones, you know, threw for 244 yards and then led the team in rushing with 64. Uh, you know, I don't know what else this kid can do. I mean, he's literally putting the team on his back in in winning games. You can't, can't ask more out of a quarterback, and on top of that, a, a, a young quarterback is him. I would definitely see if 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 Danny Jones was on a on a better quality team, I think he would be a very, very, very disturbing force to deal with. Um, you know, pushing through the cards, squeaked one out of the Bills. Uh, that game was just an outright shootout. Um, that that was a fun game to watch. That hail mary at the end by uh, by Kyle and Murray right? I mean, of course, the 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 memes just overtook uh, overtook Facebook and, and Instagram and, and probably Twitter. But you know how I feel about that that, uh, that last ditch effort. You know, Kyler Murray essentially just kind of looked up and said, "Well, you know what? D Hop's out there somewhere. I'm just going to throw it up and let him uh, let him do God's work." And well, he he snatched that ball right out of the atmosphere. how oh, this is a hell of a catch, hell of a way to end the game. Even though it's kind of pulling for the Bills, I, I couldn't even be mad about that. Um, the Dolphins, you know, as expected, you know, beat the Chargers. You know, I mean, we're we're talking about a six and three Dolphins right now. Um, you just you just sit back and you're like, how, how? That's you know, that's honestly all all we can say right now is just how, um, you know. But somehow they're finding ways to win. Justin Herbert had an okay day. Uh, you know, the talk of the town is really Zubacov. You know, he uh, he's 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 out there, you know, doing some magic and, in, in, you know, in, in the words of a presidential candidate, he's making Miami great again, you know. <laughs> um, you know, some of the more disappointing games, of the, you know, the Seahawks and the Rams game, uh, Seattle is falling apart at the seams. I am I, I'm a little, little disturbed on the outcome of this. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of the worst games I think I've ever seen Russell Wilson uh, play for sure he 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 was just all over the place he was scrambling for his life uh you know uh nothing was just working for him i i don't know if uh if the rams defense is just that good or maybe russell was just having one of those really off days which i guess everybody's entitled to but at the end of the day i don't see uh I don't see that happening again this season. You know, Seattle's got Arizona. I expect that just to be another uh, stand up at the Alamo. Um of course the Saints beat the 49ers, the Steelers as projected beat the Bengals. Uh you know the 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 other two games, the Patriots and the Bears and uh, you know uh, you you look at uh you know the Ravens were I think were were slated to win heavily against the uh the Patriots and mm-hmm. somehow they well, they didn't. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, Cam Newton and Jacoby Myers both threw a touchdown. Uh, you know, the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson went, you know, twenty fourth for thirty four, two forty nine yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and also fifty five rushing yards. And you know, Lamar's in the same situation. He's just throwing the team on his back and carrying it through. Um, that that game kind of questioned me. And then the the biggest wave of highway robbery. That I think we've seen on national television since that that bank robbery in Los Angeles in the early '90s, was Chicago, Minnesota game. Finally, your boy Kirk Cousins uh, broke his streak and and (laughs) won on prime time. I I, you know I, I definitely wanted to bring that up. He 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 can he can win on prime time. It is now proven, but. You know, I mean, he just went out there and and, and played ball. You, I mean, you know, he went 25 for 36, 292 yards, two touchdowns and interception. You know, Dalvin Cook did his thing on the ground with 96 yards and 30 carries. Um, you know, he spread the ball out a, a, a good chunk. Adam Thielen got his his touches in. You know, Justin Jefferson actually had a hell of a game, and I, I had him on my bench, and I, I didn't start him because I was like, you know, Chicago's defense is pretty damn good. Kirk Cousins is pretty damn good. Terrible on a Monday night game. So, as any you know intelligent fantasy manager would do, you are like, hey, if you got a receiver for the for the Vikings on a Monday night game, uh, sit him. So I sat Justin Jefferson. I think he was like the second highest receiver, uh, you know, for for uh for the week. Um, it was just one of those games. The Vikings wanted wanted more. Nick, you know, Nick Foles threw for one hundred and six yards and an interception. He looked. It's absolutely terrible, and you know, the like I said, Minnesota wanted that win; they needed that win for some validity. And I think that uh, I think that Chicago is, is is in some deep trouble here in the uh, in the future. They're in five and five right now, and their schedule doesn't uh, doesn't look oh so promising. They got the Packers next week then the Lions, and then they got the Texans, then uh, Chicago, or uh, excuse me, then they got the Vikings again, uh, uh, and then the Jags, and then the Packers again. So, you know, Chicago's fighting an uphill battle. They've only got essentially two more games that they could potentially win. Uh, The rest of it, I think, is going to be a a not-so-pretty situation. But that's that's
0: what I got for my wrap-up. Uh, You you know what, Chris? I want to stay in Chicago, Chris. And I think you and I both know why. Here's the thing, Chris. This is what gets me. and, and And I know a couple of Bears fans, which, you know, surprising. I don't know. But one of the things that I said on Twitter and they agreed is that, Chris, this is an example of a team that when you rely too heavily on one side of the ball, as they've done with their defense literally all year long, Chris, this is what happens. And I'm not blaming the Bears' defense, Chris. At some point, Chris, Matt Nagy and that coaching staff has got to figure it out. They've got to, Chris. And like I said, and I said this, Chris, if you recall, all the way when we did our, we did our prediction, the our team, and that's the route they're looking to be. Because I go back to the theory, and I tell people, Nick Foles, like even I, and that was what I projected to have Mitchell Trubisky. You know, when you threw a Nick Foles, I didn't change my mind. I said this is a seven and nine, maybe eight and eighteen, Chris, because if I ask you, what do they do great offensively? What can you say? What do they do? What do they, what do they do great offensively?
1: Uh, uh you know, they line up and uh, they don't get a ton of uh, delay of game penalties.
0: You know, once again, always the optimist is, Chris. And, and that's pretty much it. They don't make mistakes. you know, all, you know, it's, it's great. They line up, they know where to be. That's great. But the reality, Chris, is that this can't execute worth the <laughs> shit. yeah, it's it's like this, Chris. when the lions are four and five four and five, and listen, the lions. Easily had the Bears beat, but the Lions forgot how to close games early on. Now, as you saw, as you saw last Sunday, Chris, Matt Prater kicked a 59-yard. He kicked like he look. He kicked it from the the, the U.S. you know U.S. Canada border for 59 yards. He might as well. And that. and won a football game. And you look at DeAndre Swift, who, like I say, Chris, if any other year, Chris. You could you could argue guys like DeAndre Swift and Justin Jefferson are look of the year candidates, but when you have Herbert versus Burrow, which I wrote about, which I wrote about in the article like a couple of weeks, well, two weeks ago, is when I talked about the different races. But the reality, Chris, is, is that going back to the Bears, I'm not saying fire Matt Nagy because he's a good listen. He's a he's an Andy Reid disciple. I'm not saying fire, Chris, but let's be clear. If he doesn't address the correct position either in the draft or in free agency, Chris, they're going to show Matt Nagy the door. And I could argue, Chris, that the last great Bears quarterback, and I, and I hope you're sitting down when I say this, Chris, it was Jay Cutler.
1: No, you know what? Smoke, Smoke, and Jay caught a lot of heat. You know, for for who he was, but at the end of the day, that man did win some games when he needed to, and and he he didn't have an oh so great defense that uh, Trubisky and Foles have with him right now.
0: Yeah, and and the reality is that, you know, Color had I would say I I would probably say less than offensive talent I would say, but yet Chris they won football games, but yet Chris Chicago media I'm a Cubs fan. Chicago media, unreli- oh Jay is this Jay Cutler? How can I fit it? How can I say this, Chris? His personality, and we talked about this recently about quarterbacks and personality in city. Remember when we talked about you know, like Baker Mayfield, Sam, no cities, the personalities. Jay Cutler, I guess, didn't fit the Chicago style because he's not he's not loud. Like, say, like a Jim McMahon was back in the day. You know, he doesn't, like I say Jay Cutler may be boring, but he was a boring guy who won a lot of football games. Like, there's a reason why he was a first-round pick at Denver. I can argue, listen, that was Denver's last great quarterback was Jay Cutler, too. You know, I'm not saying it's the Jay Cutler show all of a sudden, but the point is, Chris, I just, just don't see a path. I don't see a path, Chris. Where the Bears can actually compete with the defense, Chris, it's fine. But, Chris, if you don't have an offense, this is not like 20 years ago where you can get away with an average quarterback, Chris. No, Chris, you need to have a very good to great quarterback. And Nick Foles, Trubisky, even even if you stack them on top of one another and play quarterback, it's still not the answer. It's still not the answer, Chris. But speaking of great quarterback play, Chris, listen, I'll – I could argue that Kyler Murray I'm not saying he's the MVP candidate I, I if you read the article I double down on who I put as the MVP candidate That's the teaser for for America but if you look at the way the Cardinals are playing Chris they're scoring they're running the football Chris like these aren't your these aren't your old time Cardinals Chris they're just not they're winning games and they're winning close games. But more importantly, Chris, they have a franchise quarterback. Something that they never had since maybe Jake Kurt Plummer. Warner. Kurt Warner. <laughs> yeah, well him too. Yeah. You could argue Kurt Warner. Carson Palmer. You know, in terms of a guy that had long term, like when they drafted Jake Plummer, like he he was good, not great. But but they figured it out, Chris. I think in Arizona. And that whole NFC West becomes interesting because Thursday night could pretty much decide the NFC West, in my opinion, because I do feel that I don't know if you'll agree that the two best teams are playing. The two best teams in that division are playing Thursday night. And I believe it's Seattle and Arizona, I believe. The reality, Chris, is that the winner of that game will win the NFC West. You can mark it down. As great as the the Rams are, my biggest question mark with the Rams will always be consistency. Is what am I going to get out of Jared Goff? But more importantly, I know the best player on the team. The best player on the team, obviously, is Aaron Donald. But what am I going to get out of an offensive line Listen, that's still kind of 50-50? And you saw how the Dolphins handled that offensive line a few weeks ago. So, so to kind of wrap up before we go to to fantasy, Chris, I do want to mention, because you did mention Russell Wilson and you know, I love Russell Wilson outside of, you know, my guy, Matty Ice, you know, my, you know, my favorite quarterback in the league, Chris, I'm going to defend Russell Wilson in saying this, Chris. Now, I remember you saying, you know, guys like uh, Lamar Jackson have the carry team. Chris, look at Russell Wilson. Russell wasn't had to carry a franchise for at least half a, I would say for over almost a decade, Chris. If you, if, if I don't know if you will agree with that, but
1: yeah, yes and no. I, I when when they won the Super Bowl, they had the 12th man. They had an incredible defense. Um, yeah. they they had a good running score. They had good wideouts. Uh, um, you know, but they they had a really really good team all the way around. And when uh, now uh, it, it's not looking too pretty for them to be honest with you. You know with, with, with Russell, he, I think it's proven that their defense is just absolutely abhorrent. Uh, it, it's it's pretty much the the Russell Wilson and DJ Metcalf show. and if you, if you can stop that part, you're essentially not. I mean, you're, you're going to shut the Seahawks down, and, and I think that's what was proven at you know at this point.
0: You know, I, I think you're right. I think you're right, Chris. But I think what you mentioned is true. But now, when you fast forward look at Russell Wilson, I always defend Russell, saying, "Has he had a couple of bad games? Absolutely, Chris." Listen, I think you and I both know we can hold, we we hold our teams accountable. You're a Jet fan, I'm a Falcon fan, we hold our own teams accountable. So we can hold pretty much anybody else accountable, I believe, with an unbiased point of view. And let's face it, Chris, with Russell Wilson, I think now we're starting to realize his value because, like you mentioned, he had a great listen, you had Marshawn Lynch, you had the Legion of Boom, the 12th man, a lot of factors. But that when they gave Russ all the money and listen, I'm not saying he didn't earn it Chris, it's a Super Bowl Unlike certain quarterbacks who play in a certain state that rhymes with Lexus you know, and a certain team whose name rhymes with the Lao Boys, trying to get them to see is that you want to give him Russ money but Russ had went to two Super Bowls and he actually had three so my point is that he's earned the money Chris but now you're starting to see how it affects the defense. So before before I go on my big rant, you know, before I go on another rant about him, I should say, I want to go to fantasy because uh, I I'm, I'll say this: I had a week that I knew I was going to lose, so I, I wasn't really upset that Dou- I lost this week. But I feel like I'm still in good position to to win. But you know, I got to make some trades. I, I, I know I got, but I think for a lot of people, Chris, as you said it last week, it's kind of like crunch time where you got to make moves. You got to know where you stand before you. It's like in baseball or the trade deadline. If you're buying, you got to go all in. If you're selling, get back some picks and some quality. So here we are, week 11, Chris. Give us your starting setup for this week. Cause I think a lot of people need it this week, as every week.
1: You know, uh the the list of injuries just continues to grow. Um you're you're at you're at the point now, yeah, you know, like, like I said, most leagues you've, you've already passed your, your your trade deadline. Uh you know, you got a few generous, you know, commissioners like me who uh you know allow some, some extra moves to be made late in the season. Um at this point, like I said, you know I'm where you stand? The Say again.
0: I was just clapping for our that's all.
1: <laughs> you know, uh at at this point you kind of know where you stand. You know, you're 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 in three positions. You're at the top and you're safe, you're at the bottom and there's no way of coming up, or you're stuck in the middle. You're in like that purgatory limbo where, where you you essentially have to win in the next week or two, or you're just absolutely done. Stick a fork in it and call it a day. Um so let's let's hope that uh, you know you guys were more on the top side of the bottom side because the bottom is no fun. Uh, you know, for your starters, week eleven, your your regular starters, of course, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. Um, those of of course your usual suspects. Some of your stronger ones are going to be Ben Roethlisberger going to Jacksonville. I fully expect him to have his way with uh, the Jaguars' defense. Um. And on top of that, it just seems kind of lost faith in their running game, so it's just a full aerial assault just week after week after week. Um, and to top it off, the matchup and lineup for, for Big Ben to Jacksonville secondary, you can't ask for a better time. So I, I definitely think that's going to be a, a a knockdown drag out, as uh, good old Jim Ross would say. Uh, another strong start is uh, our boy in Atlanta, Matty Ice, playing the New Orleans Saints. Uh, this, this is just a shootout game. Um, you know they the 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 Saints have a pretty good run defense. Uh, but with the talent that Matt, Matty Ice has for wideouts, this New Orleans struggling secondary is gonna be uh, uh an issue. And I think Matty Ice is definitely gonna surgically uh, pick it apart like he did the last go around. Uh, Tom Brady and the Rams. I mean, the Rams did make it through Russell Wilson last week, but Tom Brady's in that in that 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 angry Karen. I want to talk to the manager mood. So I I think he's gonna have a huge game against the Rams. Uh, Deshaun Watson going against New England. I think that he's gonna. I think he's just gonna rebound. You know, that was last week was was just a bad game for him. I think you know the first one in a while. I think coming into New England, he's gonna have a a good start and and a good finish with it. On the flip side of the game, I think Cam Newton will be just as dangerous on the Patriots. Um, I I think that his running capability is going to be the determining factor, and it's going to put the points on the board for him. Um, You know, Washington's defense, they're starting to show a little bit of a crack in the armor uh, against some of these quarterbacks. I think Joe Burrow might expose him. I expect him to have a big game. And then uh, same thing with Matthew Stafford. He's just red hot right now, like, like you talked about. He's act, They're finishing games. Uh, and Panthers' pass defense has just faded over the past few games. I don't know if they forgot that they're playing or what it is, but needless to say, I think it's going to be a, a, a good situation uh, for for Matthew Stafford. Uh, for your DFS bargains for DraftKings and FanDuel, Jameis Winston, since he's going to be filling in for the knocked-up and beat-up uh, Drew Brees. Uh, You should be able to buy him incredibly low. Same thing with Andy Dalton for the Cowboys, Uh, you know, between the concussion and COVID-19 and a mixture of Minnesota's terrible defense. I think he should be a, uh, a, a good time, Uh, a deep streamer. If you're in a jam that might get you some solid points is going to be Derek Carr from the Raiders going against Kansas city. Uh, if you remember, they played in week five, and Derek Carr went batshit crazy on Kansas City's defense. So let's see if he can go two for two. Some of your weaker starters you might want to throw on your bench, uh, even though we talked about him earlier, uh, Tua Tagalova, uh, you know, Number one, the Dolphins, I think, are limiting his volume and then getting more in the running game. And the, the Broncos' defense has an incredible pass defense. So I don't think he's going to have as good of a game as he did last week. Uh, Carson Wentz uh, for the Eagles going to Cleveland. Uh, number one, if you even have him as your quarterback, you really have to go seek some psychological evaluation. Unless if you're purposely trying to lose, because then at that point you're doing a good job. Uh, Jared Goff playing against Tampa Bay's defense. Tampa Bay went just—they went ugly last week, and I, I only see it getting worse. Number one, Tampa's defense is just immaculate, and it's just—it's it, just getting better and better and better. Uh, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings going to Dallas. Um, I don't see him having a a a, a great game just because of the, for the most part uh, Dallas' defense their their secondary is somewhat decent, but I also expect Dalvin Cook to get a lot of uh, a lot of carries on the rock because uh, Dallas' front line isn't you know they haven't been the the, the best all season, um, so I expect his usage to be limited uh, for Kirk Cousins, uh, Ryan Tannehill and the Titans going to Baltimore. Uh he's just he's in a slump right now, and then also you're going to have a Ravens defense that's going to want to rebound off of an embarrassing loss to to New England. Um, so I, I fully expect uh, them to have a, a a just as rough situation for him. Um, but same thing with Alex Smith uh, going into Cincinnati. Um, even though he almost threw for 400 yards, uh, he was he was two yards short this week. Um, I think Cincinnati is definitely going to give him a run for his money defensive-wise. Uh, he'll still have a good game, but same thing if you have him. Why don't you throw him on your bench, get somebody a little bit better. Uh, your running backs, so of course, your go to Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Zeke Elliott, James Conner, Josh Jacobs, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, uh, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, that he's back, um, so on and so forth. Some of your stronger starts. So the uh, problem with Christian McCaffrey is, is he has just had a rough season. I think he has an AC joint sprain. So, he's expected to miss uh, this week as well. So, Mike Davis against a, a battered Detroit pass defense. Um, the Lions have a really hard time containing running backs with hands. So, expect him to have a huge game. Uh, Antonio Gibson from Washington going against Cincinnati. Uh, he's still going to get it done, you know, despite the the, the bigger usage with JD McKissick. Uh, but also, JD McKissick is more of a PPR uh, back. So, expect. Antonio Gibson, if you're in a non ppr league, they still have a, a, a good chunk of yardage. Uh Kenny Drake and Chase Edmonds going against Seattle. I think we know how that ends. Uh Seattle's defense is just terrible. So, you know, we'll we'll leave that. Uh someone that I haven't had on this list all season, I'm finally happy to see him back. It, th- this man was my my pitching wedge, my go to and my saving grace for many seasons is Duke Johnson Jr. from the Houston Texans. Uh I think that the Patriots are going to be so focused with downfield passing and that they're just going to overlook the checkdowns, and that's where Duke Johnson gets the the best amount of work. in. Th- those checkdowns are what makes him such an uh, uh, an angry uh, uh, running back, uh, uh, an actual gator that we're supposed to uh, you know get some more playing time. That I do have set up as a strong start is the Michael P Ryan from the New York Jets. So they got the Chargers this week, and so believe it or not, so vague they- I betting odds right now are in the Jets' favor on the Chargers and Jets' game. They're predicting this to be the upset to get the Jets their first win. Um, I think with uh, uh, Gore and the rest of the crew limiting on touches, I think we're going to see P. Ryan get in there more and show why he uh, why he got drafted and why he was a stud when he was in Florida. Uh, same thing with Jonathan Taylor from the Colts going against Green Bay. Uh, this one, I got, I got him on the teeter point so this is kind of a dice roll uh early down i think is going to be with him but that that third and power run is going to be uh the jordan wilkins show so just kind of keep your eyes on that your dfs bargains for DraftKings and FanDuel: damian harris um he's definitely their lead back and the texans of course are having issues just stopping running backs um you should be able to buy him low and then same thing with naheem hines from uh the colts uh you should be able able to get him uh, fairly cheap as well, and he's going to have a a pretty solid matchup. Some of your weaker starts, uh, the Saints have just been outright nasty against the run all season. Uh, So if you have Todd Gurley from Atlanta, uh, why don't you go ahead and throw him on the bench? That's going to be an aerial game. Uh, Matty Ice is going to be throwing a lot to Julio and a lot to Ridley and to whoever else is downfield. Uh, If you got Rojo or Leonard Fournette going against the Rams, um, the Rams have just Absolutely been stout in in the run game or the run defense as of late. So I expect Rojo and and Fournette are going to have a rough day. So if you got them, sit them. Maybe put them in a flex position if you're desperate. But I would still uh, cross your t's and dot your eyes on that. Uh, Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay from the Broncos going to Miami. The Dolphins just they're 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 just evolving. Uh, um, and, and they're 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 making Miami football great again. I just I hate saying that, but Jesus H man. Um, if you have any non-Chris Carson running back for Seattle, go ahead and sit him. Uh, you know, I I, I I don't know that whole situation. Carlos Hyde is back, but then he's got his hamstring issues. It's just their their whole run game in Seattle right now is just a disaster, to be honest with you. Uh, and then if you have any running back from the Rams, just go ahead and sit him against Tampa Bay's defense. I think we all know what happens there. Uh, another complete sit down that I have is any Ravens running back going against Tennessee. Uh, um, I think that that's going to be a situation where that's just going to be a, a, a an issue. But if you're in an emergency, Gus Edwards is going to be your best low end flex for that option. Um, with Le'Veon Bell going against the the Raiders, you know I I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of players on the Raiders with 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 COVID protocol going on. I don't expect to see a lot of usage out of him, especially after a bye week. He's still kind of new to the team. They're still trying to figure everything out. Um, I would expect him to play a few sets, nothing more, nothing less. Um, for wide receivers sliding through there, your normal. your are Devontae Adams, D-Hop, Tyler Lockett, DJ Metcalf, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Cooper Cup, uh, Marvin, you know, now Marvin Jones Jr. since he's finally decided to uh, to, to show up to the party um go and of course the, the slew of other ones if you don't know who you should be starting by now just go ahead and stop playing fantasy um i got the one of the few eagles that i actually have on a strong start is going to be uh travis fulgham uh, uh he he got caught in a in a numbers game last in a tricky matchup but the browns have exploited the outside and i think that it's going to benefit uh fulgham's progression so expect him to have a very decent setup. Uh, Brandon Cooks, of course, from the Texans going against New England. Uh, you know, I, I think the weather in, in Cleveland was an issue. Um, but I, I definitely think that uh, th- this particular game, they're going to look more on Will Fuller, which is in essence going to leave Cooks open for those massive yard gains or just those nice little slants, and he's really good at running. So expect him to have some good, especially in a PPR league, uh, Christian Kirk uh, going against uh, Seattle's defense. Well, he scored twice in their first meeting, so expect more of the the the. It's it's going to be a ripe season for touchdowns in that game, I think. Uh, Marquise Brown going from the Ravens. Uh, I, or excuse me. Uh, 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 yeah, from the Ravens. I'm sorry. Um, going against the Titans, I think that's going to be a uh, a situation there. That's going to be a benefit for him. Uh, Jerry Judy. Um, you know, I think putting him in the slot, definitely second half versus Miami. I think he's going to have a good game. Um, same thing PPR. I think he's going to really start to flourish. He's really kind of starting to come into his own player here later in the season, and it's it's nice to see him, uh, uh, you know, grow because he was one of those wideouts that expect that was just expected to blow up from day one, and and he's finally starting to to have that effect. Uh, and then last but not least is, is going to be uh, Michael Pittman Jr. from the Colts going against Green Bay. Uh, I, I don't think the rookie is going to draw the coverage from Alexander, who also is hurting. Um, so I think it's going to be the go-to guy for uh, Phillip Rivers, and I definitely think that he's going to have a, a, a fun time out there. Uh, your DFS bargains for drags and FanDuel: duel, uh, CD Lamb from the Cowboys. He's going to absolutely roast the Vikings uh, secondary, even with uh, the quarterback situation with uh, with Dallas. I expect him to have a good time. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, same situation against Atlanta. Um, you know, Sanders is going to be, be like a home run hitter. He's not going to get. He's not going to get on first base. He's going to catch a lot of long field passes from Jameis Winston. We all know Jameis can throw the ball down, and we all know that the uh, Falcons have a terrible time in deep coverage. So expect that definitely to be exploited. Some of your weaker starts for wideouts, you might want to go ahead and uh, throw on the bench. Michael Gallup uh, from the Cowboys. Uh, uh, you know, I think Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are, are kind of the go-to guys at this point, uh, especially with the emergence of CeeDee Lamb. I think he's just doing absolutely just just amazing this season. Uh, Curtis Samuel from the Panthers. Even though, uh, you know, that they kind of have this like, gadget-type offense with, the, uh, with Teddy Bridge, if he plays, but with Mike Davis and with Robbie Anderson and with, uh, uh, DJ Moore, I think that he's just a little, a little on the outside looking in. Um, so I, I definitely give him a see. uh, if you got the Jarvis Landry, go ahead and plug him down. Uh, he's just, the more and more the season progresses, the less and less Jarvis Landry has, has produced. And also the Eagle secondary isn't uh, going to be a, a contributing factor to him having a successful game either. Um, Jalen Ragor from the Eagles, same thing as well. Uh, expect him to have a, uh, a a rough time. Um he he's just yeah, it's gonna be one of those situations as well. Uh Corey Davis from the Titans. Uh this is just another brutal matchup on the outside. This is this is definitely gonna be one of those games that Davis struggles. Uh expect just expect things not to go well. Um I do predict the that the Raiders run or excuse me, the Raiders receiving core um is not gonna be successful against Kansas City. I think Kansas City's in that second half season mode where they're they're re for the Super Bowl. I think at best the dice roll would probably be Nelson Aguilar. Um and then and another one is Brashad Perryman from the Jets going against the Chargers. Even though the matchup is good and it and it should be in Perryman's favor, it, you know he's only had one good game, and he's just the, the poor guy has just been plagued with injuries. So it's I I, I don't I wouldn't trust him. Uh, last but not least on the tight end slots, um, you know of course your go tos your Darren Wallers your Gronkowski's, um, your your Travis Kelseys. You know you just, yeah if you don't know these by now same situation. Come on man, um, your stronger starts are going to be Jared Cook from the Saints uh, going uh, against Atlanta. Falcons can't cover cover a tight end if, if their life depended on it. And we all know that Jameis Winston should, excuse me, uh, is going to have some fun with that because he did a lot of tight end work when he was uh, at FSU. Uh, Eric Ebron uh, from the Steelers going against Jacksonville. Uh, I definitely think that this is going to be a fun game from him, <clears throat> especially if this turns out into a blowout. It's just going to be a lot of short dump passes. And if you're in a PPR league, those equal a lot of points. Uh, Hunter Henry from the Chargers uh, going against the Jets. Uh, He finally scored in Week 10 again, and I definitely think he'll see the end zone uh, going against the Jets subpar defense, even though I got them on on upset alert, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, Austin Hooper from the Browns going against Philadelphia. Hooper uh, should be more active against this game, uh, especially at their weakness of the linebacker core and safety core. Uh, Kevin Rudolph from the Vikings, same situation. I think even... Even though uh, Dallas has a, a mediocre defense, I expect him to have a, a very fun time. Uh, some of your weaker starters are going to be Hayden Hurst um, going against uh, New Orleans defense. The, you know, number one, you're going to have a healthy Julio and a healthy Calvin Ridley, so of course that's going to decrease production. And then again, that that line core isn't exactly terrible from New Orleans. Uh, Noah Fant, same situation uh, going against Miami's defense, you know, make Miami great again. That's that's my slogan for them now. Uh, they're they're doing a lot of great things, and I think that they're going to spread the ball out deep and uh, Noah Fant's going to be a, a forgotten memory. Uh, Johnny Smith, uh, you know, I mean, he got on a short rush last week for the Ravens, but really hasn't done too much this season. Uh, Robert Tanya from the Packers. Uh, the Colts are just stingy at the tight end uh, situation. They they have one of the league's lowest yards per uh, per catch, touchdowns. Blah blah blah. They're they're playing some solid ball in in, in Indy there on defense. Uh, and then of course uh, Tyler Higby and uh, Gerald Everett from the Rams. Uh, the Bucks just uh, they're they're killing it on defense. You know um, that that's that's literally the only thing I can say. And then to wrap it up, your DFS bargain if you're in a jam and you need somebody. Uh, Logan Thomas from Washington. Um, Alex Smith is is progressing better, and expect him to do a lot of dump passes to Thomas, just because Cincinnati's defense is definitely going to be uh, getting in and getting rough on him. Uh, that's my starting and sit him for uh, for Week Eleven. I wish you all the best of luck, except if you're playing against me. Uh, hopefully, my my tips and tricks have helped you throughout the season, because I promise you it hasn't helped me. Um, I'm just plagued with injuries, and you know sometimes that's what happens, but. Uh, best of luck to everyone, and uh, you know, hopefully this is the push you need to get into the playoffs. And
0: and you know and you what, know what Chris? Chris, I think, I think uh, uh, it's been rough for me too. Well, I'm not gonna say rough from a on the latter part, but I was listening, and one of the things that you said, and I, I go back to Emmanuel Sanders before we wrap up, is the home run hitter, and I feel that with the Raiders the home run hitter has been Henry Ruggs. Because if you look at Henry Ruggs' stats, it's where he had that one game where he had like four receptions, 100 and something yards, and you really didn't see much after that. So the the, the reason why I bring that up is, is because with fantasy, you have to be able to separate those who are just overall great receivers now and those who are just home run hitters. Because if you don't, Listen, the points will be great, in my opinion. But it's about, especially more toward the end of this, you know, especially fantasy season. You just you need more consistency. And I'm not saying, like I, I'm not sitting there saying that Rugs is terrible or Manuel because the Manuel Center is on my team. So I would like him to get more looks. You know, I'll, I'll send uh, Jameis a gift basket for that. But ho- hopefully, but I think the reality is, Chris, is that. I think the one thing we learned in fantasy this year is how you draft and how you draft your backups, because how you do in the later rounds. Because in the first rounds, essentially you're getting your starters. But it's how you draft in the back part of your – it's how you draft on the back end. And I think you're seeing – because I think what you're seeing now is that a lot of those guys that you think you wouldn't have to start on a weekly basis, you would just start them like on the bye weeks or injuries. Now they're getting full-time because of injuries or COVID. So I think this year in fantasy messed up a lot of people because of that. So they had to rely on a lot of a lot people they drafted on the back end. And sometimes we kind of throw away those picks. But in reality, I think – I don't know if you'll agree. But now they increased in value as the season progressed because of injuries yeah. and because of what's going on with COVID. So I think – so I was listening to – and it, and, it re, and I had that quick thought in my head is where – Going back and drafting, and this could be a lesson for a lot of people next year. Is is that how you draft in your first, your early rounds? You're essentially getting your starter. You're getting your core. But when on your back end, you're essentially getting the backups. And to me, that's where your fantasy could be won and lost. Is how you draft on the back end. So, you know, I'm I'm not the fantasy guru like Chris. I was just, you know, that's that's my two cents there. On, on that
1: no it's. It, it, i mean there's definitely some logic to it um i mean you you want to try to stack your teams where if something does go wrong you got some modest people on the bench um but I, I i think this season that just went out the window because you know my starters got injured and then my backups got injured and then my backups backups got injured and you now i uh, i i've got a carousel of players going through my my team right now and uh it, it just it it sucks but you know, uh, you you can't win them all. Uh, I'm I'm still in contention, but it's things are uh, things are looking a little bleak to say the least.
0: Yeah, and yeah, you know, me at think hopefully they're looking up. So that's not the revenue because, like I say, expectation wise, you know, I've been luckily health wise, but but I think for a lot of players and a lot of lot of other teams that you know they kind of fell in the same situation you did, where essentially you're on your fourth or fifth, you know option that you never thought you would have to use and then you have to make trades and you may have to make some moves. So it's kind of like that balance of where you are because especially if if your trade deadline is still like how you are if the trade deadline was extended. So you're trying to figure out where you stand like so I just go ahead and just pack it in for next season because essentially look at the NFL some teams are doing that already so they're already packing their bags for you know you know, vacation for wherever, or are you really building to win? And I think that's the balance, especially if you're kind of in the middle. Yeah. But, but you know, speaking of the middle, you know, we're almost out of time for this episode. And uh, anything else you want to say to wrap before we wrap up?
1: Ah, uh, you know, no, that's it, man. Uh, you know, I have a, uh, I have a. I don't know if we're doing an episode, uh, you know, next week because of the holiday. But uh, if we do not, you know, have a happy Thanksgiving and all that fun shit, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the flip side.
0: Yeah, yeah. Probably more than likely, you know, there probably won't be an episode because you only know, ready to enjoy their turkey, watch the Lions lose. I mean, it w- compete. Sorry. See, I did it again. I've upset two fan bases in one show. I think that's a record. No, I think it's three I said it. Cleveland and the Jets. And I think I upset some 10. in Jacksonville. Remember when I said Jacksonville was going, you know, 0-16? That didn't, you know, let's just say Chris, it didn't go over so well in Jacksonville. But it happens. I wasn't that far off. One and 15 is still a win. But but before we go, uh, listen to this episode and every episode of the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. And check out the social media for the podcast at Sports Award on both Twitter and Instagram. My personal Instagram is at TheBigNerd77. My Twitter, at Laders underscore Brown. And Chris on Instagram is at Instagram. And, and Chris, remind the audience what your Twitter is again.
1: Uh, at Pretend UFC, Fake Twitter.
0: Let me tell you, he's got a lot of followers. He's got a lot of followers. You might say they're vanishing followers because they may not it may or may not exist. But I was I, there. was
1: I was talking some serious shit to uh, to John Jones on there.
0: I'm trying Listen, I'm trying man. to get him to
1: fight me, but he won't he won't drop away class.
0: Don't don't worry, I'll I'll send him a tweet. And I'll say some things from a distance. Yeah, and also, uh, <laughs> so and and also before we wrap up, you know, I'm going up a YouTube episode where I'll be giving my top five NFL teams as well as five games to bet on just. No money line, no, you know, it's just going to be point spread. I'll be picking out five games to do that. So that video should be up Friday or Saturday. So until you hear us and see us again, I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. Be real, be you, be blessed, be safe, and have a very, very happy Thanksgiving. Wherever you are, here from the Sports and the World Podcast. See you. Thank <laughs> you.